we're going to go to dealer night, right? If you let me. Yeah. We didn't get kicked out last time. No, not this last time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Throwing Wrenches Podcast. This is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And this is the automotive podcast that brings Steve Brown on for three times now, right? I mean, the three, three-timer three club. Can't beat that. And who are we going to... I mean, the best guest ever would have to be back three times, right? We need to get a jacket. Steve? I need like a t-shirt or a hat or something. Okay. Three times. I'm really proud of this. Remember this is... the SNL skit where they all have robes? Yeah. They have to, you have to get oh, Steve a robe. Yeah. yeah. Red velvet robe, baby. Like Steve Martin and uh, <laughs> yeah. Chevy Chase. And you all love that. Steve Martin. I, I do. He's my favorite. Steve, <laughs> welcome back. Love having you here. We're, we got so much to talk about because it feels like it's been forever since we've had you on the show. But truth to be, to be honest, it, it might be the last time we have you in person for a little bit. Because you got some news for us. I, I do. I do. It, it, it all happened really fast. Um, but around the holidays, um, I went home because, of course, that's where my family uh, is. We went home for Christmas, and I drove back to Peoria with a job offer. Um, <laughs> it's funny how that works. Yeah, it is. And so now we've gone through this whole whirlwind you know, tour of trying to prep to, to move back home to Louisiana. So definitely mixed emotions uh, about that. We really enjoyed our time in Peoria, which was the third time. Uh, for us, and we've just really enjoyed uh, this day and, and making a lot of really good friends like the two of you. And uh, so, yeah, it's kind of a, a bittersweet you time have, in our you lives. You don't have to be nice just because we're recording you right now. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> Once we get the T-shirts made, he'll yeah, never it, talk to never, us again. Yeah, Margie will be like, uh, are those guys gone yet? Because <laughs> yeah. they're bothering me, Steve. They're bothering me. <laughs> no, uh, we, I mean, we wanted to have Steve on. Actually, it was right around Christmas. We talked about this because you've done a lot of cool driving stuff. You finished off the year strong. I mean, for a guy that we thought was only doing the stuff because of COVID, it seemed like his COVID tapered off. You got stronger with your events, so there was a lot to talk about. But then with everything of the craziness with the holidays and, uh, like I said, then you making some changes, we didn't do a show, but now there's, like, urgency because you're literally leaving in a week, right? Yeah, like either a week or two. I think it's uh, the end of March. Yeah. It's so, just before that. So yeah. we're going to get this show in right under the wire. Uh, you know, anybody else who's wondering why they aren't a three-peater, well, you know, you got to move. Steve, Steve like drew attention to himself. <laughs> we had to make it happen, emergency. right? Yeah, exactly. Well, seriously, before we get rolling, congratulations on the new job, the new opportunity for you guys, and I'm excited. You're going to be a little closer to cl- little closer to family, and uh, you can make some really really good gumbo jambalaya, and you can ship us. You can be our, yeah. our southern source for boudin sausage and just oh, so our, our guest rooms. What do you got? What do you got, Steph? You got like uh, two or three bath house. We got a pool house. Got a Cabana. What, what am I looking forward to <laughs> so, when I come something down? Something similar. You'll definitely have your own guest rooms with bathrooms. Oh, oh um, nice. So we've, we've got that <laughs> sorted out. Um, we're really excited because um, our kids and, and grandkids will be about two hours away. Don't so, care about them. Yeah. And so, but then the point becomes for me is now we're house shopping and my wife is like, look, we've got to have you know a house where we can have guests. And I'm just looking at the price going up and up and up. Like, <laughs> Change that filtered you, search yeah, to. Yeah, you love people. the grandkids, yeah. don't you? Yeah, <laughs> like we're buying a hotel. And so point is, if you ever do find yourself down that way, you will have very comfortable accommodations. That's amazing. Nice. Looking forward to it. We'll be there next week. Yeah, yeah, I Come think so. Down. Yeah, remote show. We'll just write it off. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, normally on Throne Wrenches, we would go through a whole uh, series of advertisements and all kinds of stuff like that. We're going to kind of hold off on this because what we thought we'd do is we'd catch up with Steve. We'd talk about uh, the, the musket ball, which I think is a great story. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Great name, and, too. And um, you did a, a Coors Run, I think, what, from Atlanta? Yeah, we did the Southern Classic, which is a Smoking the Bandit-themed yeah. event. And what else did you do? 
Um, so what I also made another attempt at the New York to that's LA. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Run. And which, which I had my first DNF. So that was probably the first event you did that we haven't talked to you about, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, because that, that came up, um, August or so, or yeah, when it was in the fall okay. of last year, it's all become kind of a blur. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Now, so I actually think I ran the Southern classic first. Um, because that came up um, right after we uh, did our last podcast together. So the Southern Classic, uh, explain a little bit about that. Is is it the same folks? It, it, there's a lot of crossover. Um, so that event is put on by a gentleman um, named Taylor Hall. Uh, he's a, a drift racer based out of Atlanta, um, has run in the cannonball circles, has, has participated in some events. And being based in Atlanta, of course, big Smoking the Bandit fans. Of course, the movie's based uh, in Atlanta. So he decided to put on a cannonball type event where, which is very movie accurate. You have to leave the fairgrounds in Atlanta where the movie scenes were shot. You have to go to Texarkana, Texas, buy Coors beer, and then come back. And then that's a timed uh, event. And what's interesting, <laughs> like a lot of things, it started as individual time. I think he was the first one that did it um, just out of fun. And then he's turned it into a group event uh, going forward. Okay, so I, as I recall on that one, we were using Glimpse, right? And we were watching yes, you on that one. you guys were watching me on that. Yeah, and I th- I think you were kicking up some speeds in that, that truck, that GMC truck. Allegedly. I mean, <laughs> you know, when I do these time speed rallies, like we were talking about the cheese freeze, and somebody has to pre-run it, and they say it's spirited, you know. Drive spiritedly. Drive spiritedly. Um, you guys weren't just spirited. I mean. It was, so. It, that it, was, was the, it was like the Autobahn. That was the fastest um at moving average i'd run the truck (laughs) and it was bananas um and it was also my first group event and so and and of course by then the the truck had run you know two competitive events Mm -hmm. remember we did a um transcontinental uh where i'd set the solo record for jacksonville to san diego but then i'd made my new york to la run and so I, I really had gotten a fair amount of experience running the truck at speed and worked through some kinks in the fuel system and stuff. So I turn up for the Southern Classic, and I was in what they called the outlaw class. And and I think we mentioned this in the, the, the last time we were together, but a lot of those group events are starting to have handicap rules. And so mm. for the Southern Classic, Taylor was really smart and said, look, for the competitive event, You've got to run movie correct cars, which was like 1983 or order, which is really smart. Um, And we'll talk about this with the musket ball where it intentionally slows the field down. Well, then, of course, you know, um, people like me turn up in the outlaw class (laughs) running these cannonball type um, cars. And Taylor was very gracious because – like between New York to L.A. and uh, the Southern Classic, there's a leaderboard, right? There's, There's an overall time. You know that that is tracked for all the people that have run it. So I'm running the course. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the event, but I'm running with everybody. And so I was in the outlaw class, and so I actually set the solo time for that route at um, 15 hours even. Um, wow. So to your point, we because we drew for time. I left. You you drew like 15 minute time slots. I left at like 1:30 in the morning. And so I was like car number six that left. So I Atlanta take off. to Texarkana doesn't seem like that far. It's like thirteen hundred miles round trip. It, okay, all right. Round trip is okay. like thirteen hundred miles. Now in the movie, 
whether it was just artistic license because it was easier to film or because some of the interstate wasn't completed. You see them on two-lane roads. It's really – it's I-20. Okay. It's You're running interstates for the most part um, on that run. And so I take off at like one thirty in the morning. And from the uh, amphitheater, you're on the interstate. At one thirty in the morning, you're on there in about 10 minutes. You're You're on the interstate. So there was nothing, you know, which is intentional. You know, we're running overnight. But then I knew I had six crazy people in front of me <laughs> and we're using an app called Glimpse so I could touch the screen and see how fast they're running. So I'm chasing Oh, you can see guy. everybody else live at the yeah, same time? the app we're running, like, I, you can see all the dots wow. on the map. That's cool. Did you, catch up, did you catch up with other dots? I caught up with a couple. I got passed by a couple. <laughs> um, it was bananas. Um, but so to give you an idea – um, Talladega Motor Speedway is about an hour and a half out of Atlanta. I look up and I see Talladega Super Speedway, and I'm like 52 minutes <laughs> into <laughs> this department. It was something crazy, and so I knew I was running pretty fast. Time warped. That truck was just pegged. It was. I, I know when I got to Texarkana, I had a moving average of like 97. Yeah, like nice. it was just. She was wound up, <laughs> and, and so with the, okay. And let's let's yeah. go back because uh, maybe somebody has listened to the show before. The truck you're driving, yeah, especially equipped. We got the GMC truck, but she's got the giant tank in the back. What what all's going on there? She does. So so of course she was built to run coast to coast nonstop. Um, and, and like we talked about when we did the New York to LA run, it did that. Um, so to help it do that, I, I run the factory tank, which is um, about 24 gallons. And then I have a custom-engineered and built 220-gallon fuel cell that sits in the bed of the truck. Thanks to Bessler Welding. Bessler Welding. Mm-hmm. They did a fantastic job. Local boys. Yeah, they, they did a great job, and it's it's performed flawlessly. But, uh, yeah, so I can – that truck has just over about a 3,000-mile range. And, she, and she's no spring chicken at this point. It's 2014. She's not. It's a 2014. Right now, she's got about 130,000 miles on it. It had 90,000 on it when I started all this kind of goofy stuff. That's not that bad. No, pretty much stock 5.3. It pretty much. Durability, uh, mods and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so the heads have never been off. Um, wow. But it, it's had a lot of work done to it, mostly to make it survive. The, the the stock 5.3 gives me enough power to cruise at speed. Now, there's been some um, – a, a bunch of um, work with HP tuners, changing shift points, yeah. trying to keep RPMs down. That that truck seems to settle out over 85. It kind of hits its stride and becomes a, a marathon runner. Nice. Um, but most of the work that's been done to it is to, to either help its gas mileage at speed or to just simply help it survive, you know, running <laughs> that long at those speeds. So – the 15-hour run there and back, did you fill up the tank completely? No, I didn't. I only had about half a tank. Okay. And uh, it really for weight. You yeah. know, well, I wondered I if, it, if it's it, – Do you get? I, mean, I know you got baffles in there, mm-hmm. so you don't get a whole lot of slosh even in half a tank then? Yeah, no, because it's actually – if you were to, to cut the lid off of it, it's actually four cells okay. uh, that are in there. And it's you know holes and slots to, to help it. Like I don't feel any liquid surge. Okay. You know, with the with the tank, and so honestly, that run was pretty easy, you know, for the truck because I wasn't even carrying full weight. Nice. So I'm curious, what other cars were in, or cars or trucks for that matter, were in the Outlaw class? Because I'm imagining there. like a black Camaro, like made yeah. to look like a Trans Am, right? <laughs> Tons of Trans Am themes, okay. right? Rightfully so. Yeah. Um, so the the actual overall leader um, on that that route is um, 
uh, actually Doug Tavitt and Dave Black, and they're two well-known Cannonball guys. And they brought, I, I can't quote it, um, but basically a relatively late model Porsche. And they brought it down to run for fun and see what they could do with it. Um, so that was mostly, there wasn't a lot of people in the quote-unquote outlaw class. Most people were running competitively and running period correct cars. Um, wow. Tons of Trans Ams. Like, I think the, the actual competitive piece was won by Trans Am that had a bunch of work done to it. Um, it was a phenomenal car. Nice. Um, I actually got pulled over. In uh, Monroe, Louisiana, I've got a ticket uh, for that. I was, I, I'd gotten down to seventeen over um, by the time I got pulled over. But the reason I remember this guy won because uh, I saw you know the finish. But um, I'm sitting on the side of the interstate waiting for this actually really nice and professional trooper to come back with my um, driving award and this gold Trans Am with a turbo hanging out of the hood and open exhaust just comes screaming by oh, on the man. interstate and i'm sitting here watching the timer you know oh, counting man. going oh, man i gotta go <laughs> i gotta go <laughs> and did uh did the officer flinch or say anything about the car ripping past or do they know down there what's going on when they see a, a sizable amount of cars I mean, the gold one doesn't but if there was a bunch of black ones you'd think you you might get wise yeah. to it yeah, like they didn't seem to uh, because these things are, are 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 kept fairly quiet. Okay. Um you know, I don't know that I would use the word secret is too strong um of a term, but you know, kind of like with the 50th anniversary um Cannonball event, you know, they they seem to be fairly private. You know, in mm-hmm. I wouldn't even quite say invitation only, but it's kind of a a social network that these events leak out to and and the the organizer if there is one um, officially kind of, you know, works through that. And so they're not, the point is they're not public. Right. And, like the and so, Chamber of Commerce in Monroe yeah, isn't no. like, What was hey, the name, name of the guy in uh, Cannonball Run? Mr. Foyt? Is that the, the guy that, that kept... Uh, yeah, the A.J. AJ Foyt <laughs> was his, yeah, the <laughs> environmentalist. Mr. Yeah. Foyt, yeah. Right. Yeah, he was yeah. trying he, to stop was, him. There was no guy that was like infiltrated your Facebook group or no. your social no. your, your social group. We won't give away how you guys talk to each other. Right? Yeah, it, so it's normally private Facebook it's groups. It's probably uh, – yeah. you know, you're probably using ham radio you know, channels cross-country, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was uh, – what, what time of year was this? Because it feels like everything was kind of sequential and went really quick in the last year. It, it was. That, that was actually January. Of last year. So January 21. Um, yeah. And then that event actually ran again um, this January. I, I was just in the middle of, of all the, the personal, you know, move stuff. Um, sure. But they successfully held Is, that isn't event. Isn't that hard? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know this now from all these events that I've been in in the past and, like, going on. Like, hey, Mardi Crawl's going on. Don't you want to go to Mardi Crawl? You've been there? I'm like, I want to so bad. You know, it, it, yeah. it's like the whole time you're watching from the sidelines. And it's kill- Were you watching people on Glimpse? Yes. Yeah, so I was in that glimpse group, and you're watching, and yeah. you know, of course, you know, now that you're not participating, you're just going, oh, yeah. you know, I it's, just want it's painful, man. Be people, there. people are yeah. like, oh, you, you know, slacking off, or like, you have no idea how painful it is to watch you guys having fun, yeah. and not participate, yeah. And 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 these groups seem to be, or these events, you know, because a, a true coast to coast event is a lot, you know, like you, like the practicality is. You know, Eric, we talked about this, you know, as, as talking about you potentially going for the 50th. Like, you got to take a week off work yeah. to do this. This isn't a weekend, yeah. you know, type deal. Um, luckily for the Southern Classic, it turns into kind of a little bit of a long weekend, which is more manageable. But 
a lot of folks are showing interest in coming up, and rightfully so, with kind of new routes or new kind of events to to participate in. There, there's a, a gentleman in Alabama that's put on – he calls it the Alabama Hammer, um, which is kind of like a, a north to south checkpoint stop, take a mm. picture at different things. It's, it's, like, a, it's, a, so speed it's like a time trial. speed rally yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, so people want to do more of this. Um, the, the difficulty is, you know, that, that liability, you know, of, of mm. what you are doing because well, you it's can't not a restricted speed. Yeah. You can't. And, and so the point becomes like, once you're kind of in that group, I hear about a lot of these things, but you just can't do them all. Like yeah. you, you can't have a job and, and yeah. really do, uh, uh, all of these things. And it's, it's heartbreaking because your friends are there. Yeah. They're really cool. And so it's tough. But then fast forward to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Was that the next in the in the no so road that, trips? That Cleveland event um, that was after the um, transcontinental run. Um, they had uh, Doug Tabbitt put on like a little informal award ceremony because so many coast to coast runs had taken place, okay. and uh, so that's when I went up, and that's that's actually when I got to meet a lot of the people in the community, and it was really cool um, to to do that. And Doug was very generous because I had run. At that point, only the um, Jacksonville to San Diego route, gotcha. you know, which you would kind of call a cannonball affiliated, you know, route. And these other folks, uh, especially as COVID had kicked off um, with the the drop in traffic, had really, you know, that overall speed um, for New York or the the times for New York to L.A. just dropped like four or five times. Yeah, and and so they were recognizing a lot of people that had participated in that and. They were gracious enough to invite me, and and again, that's kind of, that kind of helps you with your your credibility, or you know, are you just a decent person, you know, to hang around? And but, and but even that invites more. a little bit of danger mm-hmm. because now we're we're not sanctioning it, we're at least admitting, you know. And I yeah. think don't you guys normally don't they wait like a year or something before they, you know, announce some of these records and stuff like that for statutes limitations? Yeah, especially for overall speed. Yeah. Um, so you start to think about Doug and Arnie, and and they, they're multiple time record holders. Yeah. Um, so you start to talk about these these speeds that are getting you know twenty five twenty six hour time frame. It, there's some liability that comes with that. I, I think for the stuff I've done, it is probably fairly impractical um, to come after. But you're you're right. Um, they'll hold those times for you know, a year and they're very savvy about the statute of limitations for each of the jurisdictions they've mm-hmm. traveled through. That seems to be fading a little bit. Um, especially if it was a non-eventful run. Um, and, and then, you know, with just personal like, records and that type of thing. Yeah. If you're kind of in these, these, you know, sub times that are there, it's, it's not a big deal to, to talk about it too much, but, um, it, but there's such a pull or an interest um, road and track covers the community fairly well. They do. And, and then, of course, Vinwiki, you know, the YouTube channels. Yeah. And, and so many of these folks are, you know, either on or, or part of different YouTube channels. Um, it, it, it's content driven. Like that message, you know, gets out fairly quick. Did Road and Track, were they the first to cover the first events? Do they have like a heritage with this whole thing? Like in the early 70s? You mean? Yeah. Yeah, so um, there, it kind of seems, and I'm not the expert on this, it seems to have bounced back and forth. Okay. Um, so you get, you know, even Brock Yates's heritage, he was, a, he was an automotive journalist. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you get car and driver, okay. you know, involved, and it's kind of bounced. The, the automotive journalism kind of seems to have a, a love-hate, you know, relationship with it, mm-hmm. either getting closer to or distancing 
themselves. And I think it's dependent on the journey. Well, you got to be careful not to glamorize something like that. You yeah, do. yeah. Because then next thing you know, somebody dies. You know, you hit a band full of nuns, and all of a sudden, you know, oh, well, you're the one who made it look like it was so, yeah, you know, so cool. Yeah, it, it's it's always, at least in my opinion, the the big you know storm cloud on the horizon. You know, as long as and, and in 50 years of people doing these kind of things that there's been no real, um, issues, yeah. you know, no, no big crashes, no, no big, you know, issues with the motoring public. Um, and as long as that happens, it's an interesting little bit of Americana that people can get behind the moment. It's not, you know, and something bad does happen, sure. you know, we're all bad guys right. and, you know, this thing, you know, dissolves pretty quickly. And I think that's why there's a lot of, you know, um, scrutiny or, or particular, you know, standards that are there before that group invites people to especially organized or group events, Mm -hmm. you know, because you get the wrong person in there that's reckless, you know, or just pushes things too far and all this ends for everybody. Uh, And you guys are always really good about kind of policing yourselves from what what I understand. So that's the thing. It's like probably any other group of sport bike owners or something. Sure, there's going to be a couple guys that are going to want to do a wheelie on their GSXR whatever on the highway and and film it and go on TikTok and all that. But then there's others that are just going to want to take their bikes out on a lonely stretch of road and and exercise the machines and and do what they were born to do, which is all you know what. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, as long as you don't have a few bad apples spoiling it and you guys kind of patrol and police who you're letting into that organization-ish, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But. I mean, I won't get too deep in this because I know you have, you'll have some fans who listen to this who uh, follow your your sport. There, there is like a whole drama section that goes on. I, I read an article yeah. and I shared it with you and Daryl. Is it Artie? Is that who, who's the guy that's the the one that they've contested? The oh, uh, uh, Fred Ashmore. Fred Ashmore. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was surprised when I I read the articles. I'm like. Wait a second. I thought everybody was like, you know, smiling and laughing and having a great time with this. But that's not necessarily the case. Some guys take this way more seriously. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there's a, and the Road and Track article is out there, and there's some discrepancies with the documentation around Fred's uh, solo record for New York to LA. Um, I, I think if you take a step back and think about the people that are involved, it's you, you would say it's like any other motorsport. There's a bunch of type A personalities oh, yeah, that, and yeah. people that are competitive. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you get to that very top level of overall speed records, you know, and the two big ones are team and solo, um, you know, that's a very different level of notoriety um, and and your claim within this loosely governed, you know, group of people. And so the burden of proof for that is incredibly high. Mm-hmm. And so when there is some, you know, discrepancy, these personalities, you know, start to come into play. And, you know, you can't really say that it's it's wrong, you know, for people to ask those questions because, you know, the, the difference between those folks and me is, you know, Road and Track's not going to write an article, you know, about what I'm doing. I, I'm, I'm not going to be on Good Morning America. I'm not going to have an article in USA Today, you know, which is where these blurbs or well, you might get in Jalopnik though. Uh, maybe I, I doubt it. Sure. Um, but might. but to be to we'll be fair, it. if you think about you know where Fred and then Doug and Arnie, those yeah. are the two, you know, um, the the two times that were run, the team time and the individual time. I mean, you think about for Fred, GQ wrote an article uh, about him. Um, mm-hmm. It's national news, you know, and it, it might be a blurb and mm-hmm. it might be 15 minutes. 
you know, a fame that comes with it. But then there's add-on YouTube appearances. There's and and for a lot of these folks, they make their living in the automotive industry. True, true. You know, that's performance that's what they, that's what they do. Like that, yeah. You know, and so and I I don't. And so when you are at that level and you have that level of exposure, the scrutiny around your documentation is is much more. Sure, and just the sheer number of people that took a crack at mm-hmm. taking a record, mm-hmm. uh, or just. Like you did. I mean, 2020, that was your year where you're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, why not? I'll get into this and try mm-hmm. it out. It, it seemed like we were hearing even, uh, I want to say, like non-car media people talk about that sort of thing mm-hmm. where it's, hey, there's nobody on the roads. This is happening. Yeah. This is kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a thing. It's been an interest for many people for, like, at that point, almost 50 years. It's just the awareness of it, thanks to social media or mm-hmm. people sharing things on a message board or, you know, whatever. I mean, can you talk a little bit about in the last two years, what that's meant for you as a newcomer and as a, kind of a person who's gotten really, really uh, passionate and embraced that sport, what's it been like to get a, a glimpse into that world now from that side? Is it is it everything you thought it would be when you went into it? Yeah, it's it's been really, really an interesting journey um, to, to kind of look on the other side of the curtain, you know, because I, I think there's two things really at play. Um you know, 2020 was really weird. And and when I think about when I started to build the truck or took interest in it, the 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 second piece of which I, I think has driven the interest and awareness about um, endurance, you know, racing or, or coast to coast um, endurance runs has been um, YouTube. Um, and really, we talked about the VinWiki YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And so Ed Bolian, who runs that channel has wonderful, you know, broad automotive content. But his initial claim to fame was he's a previous Cannonball record, mm-hmm. uh, record holder. So, of course, a lot of his content, you know, he was curating not only his story, but he now knew, you know, the people that ran these events, and he was helping those people share their stories. So I think, you know, where this used to be a automotive magazine article once every three or four years – this is now millions of people are watching, you know, this YouTube yeah. channel and then the the uh, spinoff channels that come from it. There was kind of this awareness that, you know, really built up over, I would say, the last three or four years. Then you get into 2020. And, you know, if you look at the history of overall Cannonball times, you know, the previous time that it had moved was, I believe, um, you know, you get into Alex Roy you get into Ed Bolian, you know, the, that record stays for five years. You know, it's it's a couple of years before something happens. Now you get into 2020, and what was kind of crazy was I started building the truck in 2019. And I turn up in March, and I remember when I made my run, California was closing the next day. That's right. And we didn't know what that meant. Like, I remember talking to David. Armed guards at the border, right? right? It was. It was really strange because I remember talking to David Simpson, whose record I was going after, and he was kind of coaching me through it. And I was like, David, you know, do I go or not? Like, this wasn't, hey, this is a great time. It was, oh, oh my gosh. Like, I don't know if I'll be, they'll let me in. A little fear. A little bit of fear. And and because California, if you've never driven there, there, you have to go through an agricultural check. For fr- fruits and vegetables. Oh, okay. If you're in a car, they always wave you through. I've never stopped or talked to anybody. But the point is there's like a toll booth you go through 
whenever you enter the state of California. And so I remember asking David, like, David, are, you know, and you didn't know what was going to happen. It's like, are they going to close the borders? Will the National Guard yeah. be there? So I was in the very early part of that. But when you get into that April time frame, which was shortly after, the guys that were had done this before and were savvy enough to understand what was really happening from a traffic standpoint, they knew that the previous times had been squeezed down so far that you really couldn't safely get much faster. And then this unique traffic opportunity opened up mm-hmm. and they consciously made you know, that run. And, and honestly, you know, that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Sure. May never happen again. The, I, it may not. Yeah. And so then what happens is you've already got this, this um, easily accessible media that's out there through YouTube. And now you've got other social media channels, Instagram and, and Facebook. And then the record starts to move very quickly. Like if it moved three or four times, yeah. you know, in 2020, yeah. well, now there's a platform for it to talk about it. And it's, it's making, you know, um, the news it's, it's getting press coverage and even more people are paying attention to it. So it was really kind of this perfect storm, whether that was a good or a bad thing, but the awareness for these type of events just exploded. So one of the previous shows, and I, and I don't remember the episode number, you should all go back and listen to it. It's a, it's a great episode. 35 and 42, by thank, the way. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, go back to 35 and 42. Listen, you'll, you'll hear all about all of our questions about how you make it. Cause we were, Total fanboys. I even want to hear how he peed, you know, during the during the run. Anyways, that might be in the pre-show. I'm not sure. Great pre-show content. Yeah, it was pre-show that. content. Yeah. But uh, uh, we so there's two more attempts. There's two more events. Uh, but you did try and make the GMC because you. I don't know it was 35 or 42, but we talked about how you missed it, just missed it. Yeah. So you're going to take the GMC back to New York and try it all again, right? Yeah. So so what you would call the fastest truck time. Yeah. You know, because now I'm participating in kind of these notable times, you know, for quirky or, or unique, you know, types of vehicles. And for me, of course, it's pickup truck. That's a lot of articles just waiting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so – I wanted to accomplish two things. When uh, when I, I built the truck for the Jacksonville to San Diego run, the true coast or the shortest coast-to-coast run, I, I had um, fuel problems. So basically the tank wasn't vented well enough. So it started to cavitate. And um, if you ever see the YouTube video, I think you guys had put a link to it. You can see I actually had to stop for gas like six times. Yeah. And so because the tank, you know, could hold it, but I couldn't move it. And so everything that comes with air venting. Well, so when I got home, I fixed it. And so if you've ever seen the truck at Cars and Coffee, you can see that big black vent line that comes off the back. There's a discriminator valve in the back, and now the, the whole tank's vented to atmosphere when it's running. And so I got that fixed. And so I wanted to really do a coast-to-coast nonstop run because that's why I'd spent the money on this giant tank. You know, and so I wanted to kind of right that wrong, but then the next logical step was to make that to make it New York to L.A. to run the Cannonball route. So when we visited last time, we were talking uh, about that run. So the second part beyond going nonstop was to beat Dennis Mad Dog Menacini's time, um, and that's actually what's replicated in the movie, the GMC, uh, the, the, the GMC white, dually, white dually, dually yeah. that you see. Um, did was, he actually jump a train? I, not allegedly. Okay. No, I don't yeah, think yeah, he did. Yeah, okay. I don't know. But, but what you find is, and there's not a lot about Dennis that's out there, though people know him, um, that he's he's just a madman. 
that he, you know, was the, – the, what you see in the movie, him leaving uh, the, the lock, stock, and barrel in Darien. And in the movie, you see him drive, drive through, through the, the woods. Trees, that's yeah. that's yeah. a true story. So <laughs> Interstate – Mr. Foyt. Yeah. Those trees. Yeah. And, and so that is a true story because when we ran the 50th from Darien, you got to take like 10 minutes to – fish your way to the interstate. Dennis drove over across the, the media and across and popped out onto the interstate. <laughs> that is a true story. Well, his time, and, and I'm going to miss it, um, but his was, his. when I finished New York to L.A., I was 11 minutes slower than Dennis's time. Damn. So I ran, what, 35.05 or 35.03. I was 11 minutes short, and I didn't realize it. I had made a mistake reading the times on the spreadsheet that you can find on VinWiki, and I thought I was good for fastest nonstop and I was good for fastest truck. I didn't quite realize that I was actually short until I was done. So I wanted to go back. You know, the truck had run nonstop, so I'd gotten that problem fixed. But now I wanted to go after the 11 minutes. So I made that attempt uh, in the fall of, was that last year um, or, or previous? So I'm trying to remember the dates are murky now. But it was in the fall, and I had set up to run New York to L.A., and then that's where I had mechanical problems, and the truck did not make it. Yeah, it was fall of 21, I think, because we were – I think we were both on on that app just Mm -hmm. watching, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, we kind of knew something came up. So how did that run go? I don't think we've talked to you. Did we talk to you since that run? No. Okay, so we did – the, the New York to LA and the so much more interesting stuff going on than Steve Brown. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Lots, Lots of Costco right, trips. Real <laughs> exciting. Laundry. Um, no, so 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 that run. How did that? How did that other run go? So it was it it it, it started out fine, <laughs> like every run that that yeah. goes sideways. The day was does. moist. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, I kind of knew the playbook. Um, so, and, and now, you know, I had a fair amount of experience under my belt. I'd, I'd run it one time before. I'd done the Transcontinental Run. I'd run the Southern Classic. Um, so now the truck has had three events under its belt. I'm going through, and you treat it like a race car. So it's been torn back down. It's been, everything's checked. I'm, you know, prepping it to run. I get to, to New York, and, and this one was a little bit different because I was going to run the northern route. So that's basically mm-hmm. I-80. I was going to cross the Rockies um, and run that route because I'd run through the southern United States on my previous run. It's shorter by like 30 minutes, isn't it? It's actually just a little bit longer. Okay. And, and I, I can't quote it. It's something like 20, 30, 40 miles. Okay. But it's considered faster because you get more flat ground. Mm. Kind of like through Illinois all the way to the Rockies, Iowa, and you go through Illinois. less uh, yeah. cities to do that. The trade-off is the Rockies, which are brutal. They are, and, and what I was banking on, and and I'd actually been advised not to go, um, but I wanted to go that route because I, I figured I would have burned off about half the fuel in the truck, so I wouldn't be carrying the weight, um, and then just to get a, a cleaner, more efficient run. Out of Utah down through Las Vegas, you, you actually get a pretty flat, oh, yeah. clean run yeah. for a big part of it. And and honestly, just to say that I did it. So I'd run one route. I wanted to run the other. And honestly, um, we talked about this in that episode. The, the nonstop run actually had a bunch of problems. I had fog in the Ohio Valley. I had a windstorm through the southwest. Like I had left time. I knew I'd left a bunch of time on the table. I feel like that truck. Maybe ten, maybe ten minutes. I, I wish. Yeah, I mean, if only I'd left that much. Um, I mean, but, that would be, what would be worse to miss it by eleven minutes or one minute? Oh, I don't know. They both <laughs> suck. 
Uh, one minute would be brutal because you would think about every traffic light you sat at. Yep. Second guess. I'd rather, I'd rather lose by 11 minutes, yeah. I think. And, and even on that run, I had trouble in Manhattan because there was a crash in the tunnel. And so I had to reroute through Manhattan. The The point is I ran just over 35 hours. I think I could easily take an hour off that time and probably more on a really clean That's the run. ambition for this trip we're talking that, that's about. That's the ambition, yeah. right? And I, I got to get 11 minutes. But I think, you know, if everything's clean, that truck is capable of running faster. So I just need to go show up and do it, right? So now mm-hmm. it's in the fall. I just need to get this knocked out. Well, the – I get to I get to New York and I, it had kind of now I'm I'm, I'm a, a member of the community and I'm kind of talking to people. Well, a bunch of folks were super nice and they volunteered to spot for me. So I now had spotters from New York City all the way to the uh, Illinois line, like to help me get out and across, which is a big deal. Like these people are running ahead of you. I'm getting information. Um, it's a big help. Well, on the way to New York, I noticed that the truck threw um, a catalytic converter code. PO420? Yes. Good and, times. <laughs> but which honestly isn't uncommon with that truck because if I've got it bunkered full of fuel and I've got the vents open or honestly even if I've got them closed, it'll do some weird stuff and pull fuel to the EVAP canister. Like if my main tank is full – Auxiliary tank is slapped full. Yeah, I can only imagine. It'll do yeah, some the logistics weird stuff. nightmare of fuel in your truck. Yeah, okay. like it's it's so and, and it was running a little idling, just a little rough. And but you know everything seemed fine, which should have been my first red flag. Um, but I got it out to to New York. Um, you know, trucks kind of you know running like it's supposed to. And again, for it to throw a random code like that isn't which you'd never seen. No, not not a cat code. Okay. Like I'd seen, and and a lot of the EVAP codes are shut off on the truck, so it should only throw a code if there's an engine problem. There's something big. But I, I'd called uh, Steve Peterson, who works on the truck, and said, "Hey, man, I'm getting a cat code." He's like, "Ah, uh, you know, you're now a hundred. You're you know over a hundred thousand miles. You've hammered the truck pretty hard. Like you may have one starting to go, but you'll probably be okay." And we're and I, and I agreed, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to make the run." So I take off out of New York, got some spotters. I'm making pretty good time through Pennsylvania, and then I noticed the truck started to lay over. Like so, at certain RPMs, which were pretty high, like around four thousand RPM, the truck would just start to kind of buck and lay mm. over. And I was like, "All right, that's a little weird, you know." But you know, we're doing fine. You know, I'm going to keep pushing. And then just through the night, you know, the um, you know the RPM that it would take for it to lay over, it just kept getting lower and lower. Till when I finally got to Illinois, you know, the truck was barely running. Basically, the driver's side catalytic converter had stopped up. Just plugged up. And, and I'm just – I've got so much back pressure, you know, happening. So now, you you're know – You're dropping speed. I'm dropping speed. And, like, I'm, you're mm. just not going to make it. And fortunately, mm. being from Peoria, when I got to Chicago, I just had to make a left. You know, onto 55 and get the truck home, and I barely got it home. That catalytic converter had stopped up so bad, I was afraid of hurting, you know, the truck. And yeah. actually, you know, we, we burned out valves and yeah, stuff like that. Like it was, and fuel up. Yeah, yeah, like it was just, it was getting worse. Like now I was worried the truck was going to make it to Peoria. So that, that was actually my DNF. Like I, I had, and then also I got pulled over in Ohio <laughs> in the middle of the night. No kidding. So I lost like 17 minutes. Like it was falling apart. The whole run Ugh. was, and I felt so bad because 
you know, there's a dozen people that are spending their Saturday night yeah, watching, driving ahead of me, oh, you know, yeah. and it's, and it's, and it's like one o'clock in the morning, yeah. two o'clock in the morning. And, um, you know, I felt so bad. Like I'd let so many of those people down. Um, but once I got popped in Ohio, I, 17 minutes was pretty big, but I felt like I could overcome that. And then when the truck just wasn't performing, I knew if I didn't turn left onto 55, I'd be paying for a tow truck in Nebraska or something. This is me being superstitious. Was there anything you did radically different in this third run where you like, yeah, that was, I, I, my mojo wasn't working. I didn't Walked have under a ladder, you know, <laughs> black cat cross your path. Not, not really. Um, you know, I, I think the, the way that I feel about it is I, I it felt weird. I had an audience, you know, because mm. in the prior runs, there was only, you know, five or six people. It was people that were validating my time. Sure. Um, and it was close friends and family members. They were just making sure that I was okay. I, I felt like I don't know if I'd be superstitious about it, but I, I feel like when I stepped into there's 20 people watching now, I, I felt like things went wrong. Bigger you know? audience. Yeah, and it's, I'm sure it's not true. Um, but I think it was honestly that, you know, in the, the you know, post-run analysis, you know, Steve and I were talking about it. And he's like, yeah, he goes, but, you know, I was like, I was surprised the catalytic converter failed. He goes, yes, yeah, Steve. He goes, but how many times have you run it for 30 hours without letting it cool down? Yeah. Like, they're not supposed to do that. Statistically, you know, you got hit by a bullet, but you shouldn't feel too weird, you know, about yeah. that. It, the the, the exhaust system had just had enough, you yeah. know. So the first couple times we met you, and, I mean, we met Margie at Cars and Coffee, but really it was just a guy in his truck. But now that we've met her, and now I have to imagine, I, I'm like imagining her like sitting in a rocking chair by a, a chair, by a phone, just waiting for news, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Is she watching you on Glimpse, or is she just like going to bed and like, yeah, he's doing his no, thing? No, she's, she's pretty on top of it. Like when I got pulled over in Ohio, um, number one, the spotters are watching. You know, there's a bunch of people watching. And so I'm sitting there politely with my hands up on the steering wheel, <laughs> you know, and my phone is on the dash and it's just exploding. Oh, like, what's wrong? No. Why are you? And I'm, of course, I'm trying to convince this nice young state trooper that I'm just some guy trying to get home to Peoria, Illinois. Traveling and salesman. He's, he's buying it until it's 1.30 in the morning. I have like 30 text messages lighting up my phone. By the way, what's that on your dash? Nothing. Yeah, but, to, but to answer that question, Margie was the first text. Like, are you okay? Yeah. And I'm kind of, you know, trying to keep my hands visible. Like, yes. And, you know, she tells me later, she goes, you know, I was really just hoping you were getting a ticket and not yeah. broke down. Yeah, exactly. And so flash forward, I every time I've done this, I actually have to get on her. Like, you have to go to bed. You, you can't sit up for 30 hours and watch this. <laughs> That's love. Um, yeah, is. I was like, but you, you have to get some rest. Well, and you love this man for richer, poor, yeah, for 1 a.m. drives. So she's watch great. Glimpse. She's great. Well, the the other side of this was she, because of the COVID scare with the first run, she stayed at home. She was going to fly to the West coast and ride back with me. So on this run, we had bought her a plane ticket oh, that's to right. go to Los Angeles. Wow. And then we were going to drive back to Peoria, take a little driving holiday. Yeah, yeah. So when I get to Chicago and I, I know I'm going to throw in the towel, she has gone to sleep and I call her cell phone and I get this panicked answer. Like, are you okay? You know, what's wrong? Like, no, 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 everything's fine, but I, I've, I've got to call it quits. And, like, that kind of panicked her a little bit to get a phone call from me because I've, I've got very much a, 
you know, hands-free, mm. you know, rule when I'm when I'm running. So she was panicked. Like and his low-key demeanor, I'm sure when yeah. you call – I can't even imagine what you sound like stressed. Stressed out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Margie, yeah. it's okay. It's yeah. all right. So – but then the, the – There's cool something wrong. Thing, I can tell yeah. by your voice. I didn't want to scare her when I hit the door, you know, the house. Just she, show she up. She wakes up and probably shoots me. Um, but the deal Pistol was – Pistol back and mama. Yeah. And so we – what I was calling her for was like, look, I'll be home in two hours – Let's throw everything in your Acura and finish the trip. And and that's actually what we did. I oh, just kind of cool. got the truck parked at the house. We loaded up her car and we finished, you know, the quote unquote cannonball and then drove back and, and did all that. But she's she's super supportive, super great about this. And, and, you know, she was the first one to notice the truck had stopped. And by the way, you're going to get her a house that fits all her grandkids. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got great husband points <laughs> yeah. right now. I, I think I could cannonball tomorrow and she'd be okay. It'd be, right. it'd be just fine. So the truck comes back. Long story short with that is it gets gone through. Uh, we get some exhaust work done. It yeah. sounds amazing for most of the summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that frees up some horsepower. And yeah. Do, and I don't know yeah. how much we talked about this because I think we talked about when I was headed out to L.A. myself. Uh, maybe on the pre-show. I don't know if we talked about on the regular show so much. But you gave me an invitation. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to be doing this other event. And uh, I need, my, my wife says she doesn't feel comfortable taking this car. That I'm gonna take because it's gonna take longer to get across the country, so I need a co-driver. Would you be interested? Talk about the most painful decision I've had to make in the last couple yeah. of years. I mean, seriously, of all the stuff. I mean, unfortunately, I already had a trip planned within like a two-week window of when you were talking about, and I was still trying to figure out logistically how I could do both trips, but it was never gonna happen. But it, I, 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 maybe I did tell this story. My uncle, who's a car guy his whole life, he's seventy years old. I told him, I was like, well, I might be doing the cannonball run with this friend of mine. And he looks at me. And I've never, he's never been proud of me for anything. He's a car business guy. You know, he retired from the car business. But I could tell. And he, even that night when he left and we shook hands and gave a hug and everything, he's like, you've got to do that. You've got to do that. If you do anything else in your, in your life, life, you've yeah, got to do that. And I was like, this. oh, God. You know, the guilt was overwhelming from my, you know, from, from somebody like that. Long story short. I didn't go with you, but uh, it was the musket ball. You yeah. Got, you got to tell the musket ball story. Oh, gosh. It, it was – that was quite the adventure. Um, it was a blast. So last fall was the 50th anniversary uh, of the uh, the first – I believe it was a competitive cannonball. God, does that and seem crazy or what? So – Half century. <laughs> so a gentleman named John Ficara, who, who you'll see pretty regularly – on uh, Ben Wiki videos, just a wonderful guy. I, I got to meet him and, and spend some time with him uh, through the event. He puts on this event. He says, we want to do something for the 50th anniversary. And what he comes up with is an event he deemed the musket ball. And the reason he called it the musket ball, back to being smart about putting your name on an event that you're organizing with you know, uh, a bunch of crazy people, <laughs> his ha- handicap rule was all cars had to be less than 100 horsepower at the wheels. Wow. And and that would intentionally slow everybody down. That is definitely going to do that. And and <laughs> and John was incredibly thoughtful about how he put this together. Um so he'd pick the dates and and again it's like everything else you kind of, you know, I was having lunch uh, uh with Arnie Toman in uh Chicago after 
the uh, uh, one of my runs, and you know this this was planned a ways out. And he goes, "Hey, do you know about the musket ball?" And of course, then you get an invite to a, a private you know Facebook group, and the, it's kind of getting put together and getting developed. So he had the hundred horsepower handicap, and then he ran it out of Darien, Connecticut, which is how they ran in the movie. Um, so he found a shop in Darien that had uh, a dyno. And so one of his rules was that the cars will be dynoed. You know, we're going to check that you're a hundred horsepower wheels. <laughs> and then he, he made it to where we left at like 10 o'clock on a uh, Monday morning. And so, which I found out later was very intentional because John ran a, an event called the 2904. Um, which was a similar rebranded. I forgot about the 2904. It was kind yeah. of popular there for a short time. I, I believe Ficard did it for like 10 years. Yeah. And um, crazy group of people, very much lemons like. I think 2904 was the spend limit, but it was also the mileage because mm-hmm. they would run to San Francisco. They have a, a website. I mean, it almost yeah, looks yeah. like a sanctioned event the way they do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John, John is a great organizer and he's a big lemons racer. And so he kind of took cues from that. So he knew what he was doing when he put it together. And but what he talked about is our departure time was intentional because John had said, people that do this, we intentionally leave you know, at night from the East Coast. So the really cool parts of the U.S., it's dark. Yeah. You know, like when you go through Arizona or you're going through Utah to, to get to uh, the Portofino Inn, you don't see any of that. Every time yeah. I'd run it, it was yeah, dark. dark. When NC goes, I want people to see you know, that part of the country. So yeah, he was very the, thoughtful. I think the sun was coming up as you were halfway across California, wasn't it? It was. So it was getting dark. Like in Arizona, the sun's going down oh. um, for me or um, for, I'm trying to think, for transcontinental, it, the sun went down in Arizona. Um, I think it was similar like around, um, yeah, I think it was Arizona too. Oh, I thought you arrived in, I thought you were right to the destination at like 7 a.m. Okay. I had no, no, I got, I got there like at 2 in the morning. Okay, never yeah. mind. And and so John had put a lot of thought into this. So you, now there's this 50th anniversary event. I figured it was just run to the crowd in New York or something like that. We'll, we'll slow you down there too. Oh yeah, definitely. Like on on a truly competitive time, like there's a whole science around yeah. getting out of Manhattan. Um, so John puts this together, and of course the the handicap is 100 horsepower or less. So now the you know once you're in, the search is on for okay, the truck can't go. You know, you intentionally you got to find some crap can. You know, car that has 100 horsepower. Modern wheels. cars. Is there even a modern car that is made right yes. now in 2020 that would have 100 yeah. horsepower? There, there are because there were two. There was a couple of rental cars, and and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna mis I'm gonna misquote it because I, I don't know the the models that well. Um, but like number one, a Prius. There was a Prius that ran. Um, but they're 130 horsepower, I think. They at the he, wheels. Well, not the wheel. Maybe yeah. it's at the engine. The, this yeah. poor guy got popped at like 102 okay. horse, horsepower. And I'll get to this. Ride. He had he had to pay a penalty. Yeah. Uh, he and, should he should have put a bigger tire on. He should have put just, know, just yeah. one size bigger tire, yeah. and it would have choked it out. <laughs> so, um, but there's a couple um, modern ones that will do it. And it's like the the Spark or something like that. It's like these super. I can imagine the Nissan, or, uh, not the, the Ultima, but the Sentra. Uh, the Sentra. I think there was a Sentra. I rented that Sentra and. Has that. a CVT transmission yeah, yes, in it. Yes. Yeah, they actually um, there was a group that ran one, yeah. um, and it was kind of a little bit of a scandal. Like, there's no way that car is under 100 horsepower. But with that transmission, they died. They on a CVT, the car. you can't. I don't think you can hold peg it. No, probably. It won't, so yeah. the car dynoed clean. It was under 100. <laughs> so there, the, wow. so there were there was like three cars that would be considered modern cars. 
Um, and what, what gem did you pull up? So after my you know <laughs> deep research, I came up with a uh, research how, Saturn SL2. And how long did you research this, or was it just about fifteen found? minutes? Because okay. I was Google searching marketplace. You know, yeah, like what cars are under hundred horsepower? Yeah. And so I end up going a with a Saturn. And GM apologist. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, number one, because I'm a GM apologist. And number two, <laughs> because I knew my friend Steve Peterson could work on it because he's a GM master tech. Sure. So I'm like, all right, Steve can make this car reliable. You know, I, I'm going to go with a Saturn. And and it's like any other competitive event. I thought I had found the 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 keys to victory. You know, like other angels I'm, singing when you found it. I, like I'm thinking, oh, these idiots, <laughs> they don't even know. <laughs> you know, the Saturn is perfect. <laughs> you know, and the specs I, on that one point nine liter, one point nine twin cam motor. So I own two. Okay. Um, so right. I had a naturally, I, or I had the single cam and I had the dual cam. Yeah, because I think didn't you kind of pull the trigger too fast on one, then found another yeah. one afterwards? Yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm going down the path of Saturn, the total domination. These people don't stand a chance. I found the perfect car, you know, because they're pretty relatively lightweight. Yeah. You know, they're easy to find. They, and and the big thing is they run forever. Like you'll find them. You know, with two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. miles yeah. on yeah. them, no problem. So I'm thinking it's perfect, it's right? The doors don't gonna, rust. Yeah, right. There's no <laughs> rust clinging on unless you look under them. Oh uh, uh, yeah, uh, on top yeah. there's no rust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can get them with a five speed. Uh, so the first one I bought was a five speed single cam car. Okay. And I'm thinking, yep. You know, this is it. You it's know, the old dyno with seventy nine horsepower. Oh yeah, well, out of the box it was ninety. <laughs> you know, like when it was new, and now this one had like two hundred thousand miles on it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm golden because I was scared to death of the dyno. I was so afraid, like oh, because John was taking a lot of cues from Lemons, and he's like, like one of the threats early on was you'd have to carry a live lobster in your car the whole time oh, <laughs> if you were over horsepower. <laughs> that's your penalty. Yeah, like, well, so that's what he had talked Can about. You imagine like it the was smell just, of that sloshing around your car for uh, 20, 30 yeah. hours. No thanks. It'd be great. Yeah. So, so, and of course, you know, it's in the 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 groups. Like they're they're all brainstorming about penalties, and they're just the ones they're coming up with are just horribly obnoxious. And I was like, that's not going to be me. So this Saturn, you know, single cam car, like it didn't make a hundred when it was new. So I'm in good shape, and of course, I'm going to dominate. I, I've got, you know, I've figured this out with my 15 minutes of research, and so I buy the single cam car, the five speed. Which was a blast to drive. Anything that's a manual transmission, you feel like you're driving a Ferrari. Yeah. So I get it. I think I'd sent pictures to you guys. Well, we saw it at your house, too, didn't we? You did when you guys came over. The blue car was there. We we hang out. We're we're social sometimes. And and so I dubbed it Blue Thunder for, like, the 80s theme. You know, I actually found a site. I had a T-shirt. I bought T-shirts. I had stickers made. (laughs) <laughs> or found stickers with like the little yeah. you know, how like I was gonna get the red O two yeah. put on yeah. it because like you rewarded for themes and stuff with this, so I kind of start digging into that car and then I, I really get underneath it and man I just don't have confidence. There's a lot of rust, a little crusty. <laughs> There's some brake lines that were suspect. <laughs> I can use brakes anyway. Who cares? Yeah, and you know, and at the end of the day, these are, you know. Gosh, you're buying these cars for fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you know this this one may or may not make it. But I was going to run with it, and then Margie, actually being the best wife in the world, you know, I'm I'm still selling her on this money. I'm going to sink into this event in this stupid <laughs> blue car. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those conversations. Yeah. yeah. Well, she are you, are you like casually like just slipping in, like laying in bed, or do you, are you watching TV and just like set down your iPad? You know, honey, there's a race going on with the guys. I think I'm going to. 
How's that go? She she's kind of like, yeah, okay. And then um, then you know the hammer drops. Like, well, how much will it be? And I was like, well, I got to buy a car. Then I fix the car, and then you know I got to go out there buy a bunch of gas. I'm thinking five grand, and you know then the grimacing kind of starts. Like you're going to spend five thousand dollars to do something dumb, this and, dumb race, yeah, in a weird old and, and, car. And basically, the car will be worthless when I'm done with it. <laughs> so now she's kind of gritting her teeth a little bit, uh, and so a little bit. So oddly enough, one night she p- pulls up this marketplace ad. Like I don't know how it came across her feed. And so the blue car I had was a 2000, five-speed, 250,000 miles, you know. Uh, but it's a Saturn, so it ran, you know, pretty well. It was just suspect. But she pulls up like this 97 that's a one-owner, has 99,000 miles on it. Nah. It also is an automatic, which has pros and cons, but then it's highly optioned. So it's got power windows, power seats. It's got cruise control, which one of the things I had Ooh, buyers remorse yeah. about was the five-speed didn't. It was a base model car, Ouch. Ouch. which sounds great until you're an hour 20 and, you know, trying to Foot wrestle hurts. this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wasn't sure if I'd have a co-driver or not yet. Yeah. So I'm kind of always prepared to run it, you know, on my own. And she goes, look at this one. And it's like 2,500 bucks. And so I'm like, can we go look at it? She's like, sure. So now she's starting to buy into the safety she's and comfort <laughs> and survivability. He's got her hooked on Yeah, that. I've got her hooked wow, on that. Wow. You're and a better man than us. So I go look at it, and it's in Central. Both car. Well, the blue car was in Iowa. The the uh, Now the green car, um, this older one, but with half aqua. the mileage. Aqua? It's kind of this seafoam, sea yeah, weird green. Good, yeah. That Deep car paste. got dubbed the Flying Pistachio <laughs> was its its name. So we go look at it, pick it up, and it's it's it, it's it, the story was it was a, a lady that owned it. She bought it new in Chicago. She is now in her nineties, and her kids won't let her drive anymore. So they made her sell her car. Gotcha. It was this car, Hit and like it, it was a, literally the grandma drove it to church on Sunday. It was super car. clean. It was super cl- clean. It was clean. I mean, it was almost one of those cars. Like, yeah. Yeah, if you don't race it, you could flip this thing, right? Yeah, like I knew, and and believe it or not, those things are becoming collectible. You know, with some folks that are you know interested in those yeah. things. Yeah, um, Eric's not buying it. He's shaking his head. But there are, not. There are people that buy I mean, Chevettes they, and yeah, Vegas. That's true. And, that's true. It, you know, and, and if anything, social media has ruined it for everybody. I mean, there's a club for everything. There is. You know, there's, yeah, the Chevette Club or the you know the Astrovan Club. I mean, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet you. You'll. I bet there's even a Toyota Yaris Club out there. Oh, I'm sure there is. Or what was the weird. Paseo? Yeah, probably Paseo Convertible Club. I guarantee yeah. you there is. I'm going to find yeah. one later. But anyways. It, but it, it is weird because now, of course, I'm uh, totally deep diving into Saturns and trying to learn everything about them. And, um, yeah, there's right. There's Saturn's, Saturn Clubs. And then, of course, on social media, there's a young lady named uh, – I think her name is Jessie out of New Jersey. And she runs some social media called Saving Saturn. And she owns like – 15 Saturns in her driveway and she fixes them up and saves them and puts them back on the road. And so, yeah, there's this kind of this little boutique culture for Saturns. That's cool. So then the point was I could probably kick this thing out, you know, to somebody like I give my money back, which is a lie, you know, (laughs) that you tell your wife like, oh, yeah, I could sell it make everything back like it never happened. Yeah. And did the conversation also include I'm going to sell this other one I bought? Yeah, I had to admit that was part of the deal. That blue car had to go on marketplace like that night. (laughs) Green one came up. Well, I tell you, what, if you would have saved it till right now, you probably could have doubled your oh, money. Oh yeah, definitely. Stupid think right about now, that. Cars are yeah. going for right. It was crazy. Margie sold too soon. Yeah, <laughs> and so profit center. 
so we get that one home, and then of course, like any other, you know, prep, spent twice as much as you paid for the car getting it ready. Um, well, what that one need? Because I remember it was clean, but it, it had some mechanical things you needed to address. Like it had a warp valve cover because um, I, I put like two valve cover gaskets on it, and it would just hemorrhage oil. Were they and, aluminum uh, or steel? Uh, plastic. So this uh, had plastic back valve then? covers. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so um, you know, ended up getting another valve cover for it. Um, got that fixed, and then uh, ticky tack stuff. That times ten, ten ticky tack things sure. equal you know a grand you're putting in for for maintenance on the thing. Tires, um, you go through tires. Tires, yeah, because I because that's kind of one of my deals. I'll only run brand new tires. Well, I don't blame you. I yeah. can't imagine taking tires that are yeah. ten years old and trying to race no, cross country. No, 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 that's no. asinine. Yeah. yeah. So so Steve helped me spec out tires for it, and then so one of the the, the trade offs of having an automatic. Um, is it's only there's no overdrive in it. Mm, so it's a three speed, yeah, uh, uh, three or four. I can't remember, but the point is there's no overdrive, and so um, that was kind of a trade off. Like it did not run as hard as the blue car with the five speed manual. Um, so then I actually bought a full size spare rim and we put uh, taller tires on the car to help it with the RPMs. Um, so now I'm starting to butcher the car. Right now the car looks like a four wheel <laughs> drive. You know it's got these big tall tires on it. Um, found like a, a 20 gallon race tank from summit, you know, got that installed basic, you know, countermeasures, put my hardwired, my radar detector, iPad, some other stuff, but it, it really, you know, I didn't know if the electrical system could take, you know, a full <laughs> countermeasure, blow, blow a fuse. Yeah. It just, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, did some blind, stuff like blind, that. Blind, uh, blind. Yeah. Got, got the car prepped up. And then that's when I started reaching out to you because it was really, you know, I'd talked to, to Margie about going. And and she was interested in going because because again you're not going to run but so fast in these yeah you know cars but you still but have to drive her. aggressively you do yeah. yeah I mean so every time there's an opening to pass and you know to keep the speed you're mm-hmm. going to have to do it yeah yeah you're you're it's a it's a very you know precision yeah. you know driving event so which believe it or not if you've ever seen Margie drive um, she can hold her own she would do just <laughs> fine like she's actually a good. You know, co-driver. We're an hour in. She's probably not listening anymore. <laughs> yeah, she's, okay. she's probably out. <laughs> um, but yeah, got the got the car back, and um, you know, got it ready to go. And you and I were talking about it, and I, I think you would have had a great time. I definitely, definitely understand why you couldn't go. Well, yeah, I mean, you saw my trip coming back. I mean, was it the Mexico it was trip? tough? Yeah. No, it was my my. Uh, camping trip to the Grand Canyon, and then pick up oh. Angel in San Diego and drive back. I was going to scrap all of that. Just to figure out a way to drive with Steve to San yeah, Diego no and, and then pretend like it was part of my work meeting, no. you know. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. But I was willing to give all of that up just to try and make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a tough sacrifice. It was yeah. And, but. And, and so then, you know, load the car up and, and or drive it to, to Darien, Connecticut, and I ended up driving it solo. Um and so that Which was made me more satisfied knowing that he couldn't find anybody else yeah. besides me. I'm like <laughs> it was either me or nobody. That's right. It, like you, I think you've kind of got to have a love for the the sport because again, well, like Gabe, Gabe Casey, who's probably listening to this right now, he mm-hmm. whatever. I just drive Chicago and back in a day, or we went to Kenosha and back. Yeah, I'm trying to think where else we went a you know, day in and back. He's like, that's too far. I wouldn't drive that far in one day. I have friends that are like that too. Yeah. If it's more than an hour, it's like forget it. I don't. Yeah. I've had one friend tell me we were going to go see a show up in uh, yeah. Chicago. I don't do long car trips. I'm like to Chicago. <laughs> no, I just don't do it. I'm like, well. What do you do? It's like, I, 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 I just don't. Yeah, Cheese Freeze did that, went to Madison and back. And I think Gabe was like, I can't believe he did that. My friend Joel, who's a, he listens to the show too, he, I think after two hours he 
he has to fall asleep on the trip. Just zonk out yeah, somewhere. Yeah, his, wife, his wife always has to drive after two. If it's a two-hour drive, he's got oh, gosh. a passenger uh, seat. No, that's no fun. And, and and it's hard to to convince people. And you were like a perfect candidate because yeah. you were excited about yeah. it. But other people you approach is like, hey, you want to do this? <laughs> sure. Okay, you got to take a week off of work. Yeah. Um, there's no prize. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're gonna sit in this car like we were estimating like 40 hour runs. Oh yeah, it was gonna be. Fi- I was figuring 50 hours in the car. Yeah, yeah. and wow. we're not, it's not normal gas stops. I got an auxiliary tank. Yeah. But when we do stop, it's NASCAR pit stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Like, no, you're and, in for the drive. Yeah. You're not in for anything no. else. And when you have to pee, it's going to be weird. Yeah. And <laughs> so, like you know, <laughs> it's like Still there's look. no you know there's not a lot <laughs> of upside you know to this. So of course, most people with common sense said, "I'll pass." It's a tough sell. Well, yeah. it's a tough sell. But then also, is there an element of like you have to at least trust their driving to a point? Not that they're going to yeah. be Mario Andretti behind the wheel of a 2001 Saturn. Yeah. But you need to be able to trust what they're going to do behind well, now, the wheel. See, this gets yeah. to the whole type A personality thing. You don't you don't come off as that personality. I think if I'm riding with a guy in a McLaren or a, a modified car mm-hmm. or something like that with a type A personality, I'm probably scared for my life and watching everything the whole time. I and mean, I'm thinking if I signed up for this, there's a possibility I could die. If I'm signed up with you, I don't yeah. feel like I've signed up for mm-hmm. my de- a death wish. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and especially in the musket ball, because you're... There you go. You're, that also softens the blow. Yeah, yeah right. You're, yeah. Hand, you're handicapped, But your safety right? in the 97, yeah. the 97 Saturn, I mean, yeah. does it have side curtain airbags? Probably not. You no, know. no. I'm probably dying in an accident. No. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing to remember, too, it, it's a little bit like how you're coached in lemons racing. Like, look, there's no talent scouts from a professional racing team <laughs> yeah. here. There is no real prize. You know, like yeah. it's trinkets. Yeah. You know, it was literally dollar store yeah. tchotchkes painted gold were the trophies. Those are trophies. So at the end of it, it's, look, try to put down a good time. Um, but there was a phrase that came out of the event. You know, you don't, you, you, you don't have to have a great time to have a good time. Yeah, you know, and look, it's fun. Try to go as fast as you can, but you're in a hundred horsepower car. Use common sense. Like we're not going to break any records here. Yeah. Just you're trying to compete, but just have fun. Use common sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no reason to risk everything. I mean, if you're in Ohio and there's a spot to, where you can get ahead of somebody, there's no reason to, to like murder yourself just to try and get around one car. No, I mean, it's, right? it's, it's, it's You're here for the long haul. Like like a good example, because we left at the tail end of rush hour on a Monday morning, so when you're coming out of Connecticut trying to get out of that kind of New York Metroplex area, just get in the left lane. Like, there yeah. is no, don't don't drive in the emergency lane, don't split lane, <laughs> like, what? It's, it's not, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, it's just try to flow with traffic, yeah. and then it'll open up, and when... There's nobody else around. See how fast the car can go. Hammer. There you go. Yeah. Hammer down. So you get out to Connecticut. You you put the Saturn through its paces. Yeah. How's the car do? It ran like a sewing machine. Did I it? was shocked because, you know, again, the truck I had put thousands of miles on before I ever competed with it. The Saturn was still kind of an unknown. You know, did you do most of the prep on that yourself? Or did Steve? Uh, Steve help helped you? out a lot, too. Okay. Like some heavy stuff, like um, replacing some motor mounts. There was a motor mount that needed to be replaced. You know, it basically gets a big service, you know, probably not as nowhere near as deep as the truck. But, I mean, it was kind of, Steve understands, you know, now from taking care of the truck. It's like, 
All right, man. That's what, what, what is? Let's look at this and see what's a risk. Yep. You know, so it it it, ha- it was definitely over maintained. You know, and it was in much better shape than it deserved to be. But the car ran fine. Like you're scared to death the whole time. You're just waiting for a light to come on. Yeah. You're waiting <laughs> for something to happen. Well, and you just your last time you were out, you had that exact same thing happen. Everything's going good. And, and right, I was kind of snake bit yeah, from yeah. the last event. And and it's twelve hours yeah. to get out there, so you have a full day of driving just to get to the start line. Mm-hmm. And so, but the the car ran just fine; it ran great. Nice. And so, of course, domination levels going up. These fools don't understand what they're getting ready <laughs> to go up against. You know, I show up at this seafoam green Saturn. Saturn, yeah. And so we the next day get to the hotel. Next day is Dino Day. Like we're there for a day just to prep, and. um a bunch of Volkswagen TDIs show up. Ooh, I didn't and think of them. It's like, oh, like, and now I'm starting to understand torque. Especially if they're torque. older. Especially if they're older uh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. And that was no kind of. power left. Yeah. But yeah. So now I'm a little bit nervous. Like, uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they they spent 20 minutes researching and yeah. found. Yeah, out they, this they're is a much better choice. miles on a, a tank. Yeah, you know, without adding an extra fuel cell. It, it, and it was just this great menagerie of cars that showed up. How um, many entrants in an event like this? About, I think it was about 20. There's okay. 20 cars that that made the start, and it was uh, kind of anything and everything. You know, that was kind of like you didn't realize how many cars had come in. At under 100 horsepower. Now, the other know. events you've done, they're all basically solo starts and their honor systems and tracking and all that. Is this yeah. is the only event you've probably done where you actually start with other people? This was a Le Mans-style start. Yeah. And so, which was oh, wow. similar to the competitive event um, uh, that yeah, had so originally run happened. to your car. Yeah. yeah. No, they did. They so like gumball, gumball does yeah. that. Yeah. So there's a place called the Good Wives Shopping Center in Darien, Connecticut. And that's where... If I'm correct, it was a 79 event, the one that the movie is based off of. The The backstory becomes um, Brock Yates had shopped the script around about the actual Cannonball events. And when it got picked up um, and how Needham was going to direct it, he insisted that Brock run another race to help him with ideas and content, you know, for what they would film. So that's where, like, the ambulance, you know, um, some we talked about Mad Dog's truck. Mm-hmm. Those that actually happened in the '79 event. Oh wow! Well, they were buddies with the 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 people that ran the Lock Stock and Barrel Bar and Restaurant, which was in that area. I think it was where the shopping center sits today. So that was the starting line for for that year's event. And so we did the same thing, and we went to the back of the shopping center just like they did. Um, had a great start. It was Lamas style, so Fakara counts down. Whole bunch of middle aged guys <laughs> you're trying not to have a heart attack <laughs> run into their car. I got to my car. And then this race is over. twenty cars at ten o'clock on a Monday morning behind this nondescript shopping center come pouring out, you know, like this army of ants, you know, it takes off. And uh so we start going across the country, you know, in these these terrible little cars. And so but then the the thing was the day before when John ran the dyno testing uh, there were some cars that came over horsepower, and uh, I think the worst one was like 20 horsepower over. Um, but he made – there was always the threat of a live lobster that you had to carry. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and so nobody took that deal. Um, what he did make people do was carry – I think it was for like every horsepower over, you had to carry five pounds of concrete. Oh, Like a sack God. of concrete. Like they had to get up early 
find a Lowe's that was open, bring sacks of concrete to match their penalty, and then John signed the dry sacks of concrete, and they had to load them in the car, and those co- sacks had to be No, thank at you. The and Bordavino. a 100-horsepower car, yeah. well, two bags of concrete yeah. is already yeah. a burden in that Can't car, right? Yeah. And, and and he was pretty upfront. Like, he didn't want to be, you know, too vicious about but it. He but he wanted it to horsepower, be. Yeah. Yeah. And some people honestly didn't know. You know, it wasn't until the car was on the dyno. I took the Saturn actually to Bloomington to Redline Motorsports and had a dyno just yeah. for extra insurance. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking here online. So you actually paid had that thing dynoed. I did, and those guys laughed. Did you tell them so what was hard. Yeah, exactly. I told them exactly what was going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, they're used to doing performance cars. And oh yeah, they're, they're in there. Yeah. it's a high end tuning shop, yeah. and I call them up and go, "Hey, can you you know can you just do a couple baseline pulls?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, bring it down, and they give me a price. What are you bringing? Yeah, I got a 1997 Saturn SL2. And, like, is this, do you need to, is it a turbo car? Because people, like, retro do stupid yeah. stuff with them. I was right. like, what's your name? No, it's uh, Mike Hunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, and I bring it down there, like, on a Thursday afternoon, and the guy's actually laughing. They loved like, it. They loved it. And they're like, what are you doing? And so I explained, and they thought it was hilarious, and they're doing pard pulls on yeah. this Saturn. Yeah. You know, and it's doing 96, 97 horsepower. But that's what's so great about what you do is that you're you're serious, but then also you're interested. It's the sport. It's the it's – the, just to see if you can do it, right? Yeah. It's not like I need this trophy. Like you even said, the trophies were like something out of a dollar store. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just like what else – what else are you going to do with your time here? Yeah. You know, you could you could go buy a twin turbo something or other and, and just really go to town, or you can have the same amount of fun for a fraction of the cost and have probably ten more stories to tell. Oh, it was great. It was just it was just so you know ridiculous. You know yeah. what was going on, and that's what made it fun. You know, it was just dumb, and you know then it just becomes an, you know I, I like the endurance aspect. You know that we we talked about this in previous episodes. I like the the physical endurance aspect, but then the challenge of can you make that little green terrible car <laughs> drive from New York to to L.A.? It's not supposed to. That's part of the you know craziness about right. it is that's not supposed to happen. On paper, it, it shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. So the five hour energies. I did pretty well. Um, I, I ran the same playbook, yeah. you know, that I do with the truck. Yeah. You know, the same quote unquote system that you can listen. <laughs> Uh, learn more about in the pre-show yeah, from yeah, the yeah. previous episodes. Yeah. I, I I knew exactly what to do. Yeah. You know how to to get me through. Yeah. So there's a the hole drilled in the floor. Okay. Got yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we get through Dino Day. Must there's be running this wipers in front of us. Yeah, right. That's yeah, don't tailgate is. me. Yeah, <laughs> I've got something for you. And so, and I was a little bit concerned because it was ex- expected to be a longer run. Right, the car just doesn't go as fast. Um, but. Uh, I'm getting ready to tell you there was some adventure <laughs> that helped, you know, break up that part of the trip. So, you know, we get through Dino Day, we get through penalties, we get through the start, um, get going. And it's the same thing. We're using Glimpse again, so I can see this map with a bunch of dots on it. So now you're either trying to reel in cars or you're trying to not get past. And the, and the field kind of broke out between the northern and the southern route, that I-80 route, or kind of going to Indianapolis to St. Louis and then to out across you know, Oklahoma. Well, I, I knew the Saturn didn't have a chance. The the turbo diesel cars, 
you know, those are the ones that had a better chance going up north, yeah, and, and then and they yeah. rightfully did. Yeah. Like that, that made sense. Yeah, because you're going to lose, yeah, you're going to lose probably forty percent of your horsepower at elevation. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. so now you got a car that's pushing fifty horsepower up there, yeah, up mountains. Yeah, yeah. and and I drove the Saturn back over the Rockies, and I'm glad I didn't run it. That yeah. like it was just screaming. How many times people call me like, I drove my Prius, so you know. Through Colorado, and it just did terribly. And I want you guys to look at them like, uh, ma'am, you do realize that car went from 100 horsepower down to 60 horsepower. Yeah, yeah. So, quick. Yeah. yeah. You know, even parts of Arizona. And you were loaded up. For the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So take off, and, and the, the run's fairly uneventful through most of the country. Get through St. Louis, Indianapolis, St. Louis. Like the, the car's running fine. The, the, the diesel cars were definitely shining. Like I could see it. Like they were, were pulling. Mm. Um, and they had a higher top speed because I think the top speed on the Saturn, you know, was right around a hundred. You know, like it was you know, one hundred and five downhill. Yeah, like it was it was running at its max potential, but that potential was not very high. Sure, by design. And so, but I'm pegging the little car; it's just running along, stopping uh, Indianapolis, make a fuel stop. You know, everything's working fine. Transfer system's doing good. Get through St. Louis. Now we're going across Oklahoma, and now it's getting dark. So this is – you've run this road, the tollway, in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. We're on the tollway. Yes. Uh, what was her name? Your favorite uh, toll was collector. Was it Betty or Beth or something? I can't remember. I'll have to go yeah, back and look. Yeah, but yeah. all I know is God bless that woman. <laughs> yeah. She's a saint. So so I'd already ordered toll tags Debbie? for the car. Debbie, maybe? So I knew I didn't have to deal with it. I could just go through the tollway. <laughs> And um, the transponders, so, uh, like, like yeah, kind of like our Illinois ones. It's just like a sticker. Yeah, just rip right through the checkpoint. Yeah, yeah. And you just blow right through. Okay. So, but what's happening is I'm actually chasing a Jetta um, that's driven by my buddy Wesley. And um, it, Wesley and then another friend of mine, Mason, uh, they're teamed up and they're running this Jetta. Well, in the Southern Classic, I had chased Wesley and another driver, and so it's kind of a running joke. I'm always chasing those guys. Well, I'm chasing Wesley again, and now Mason's in the car with him. So we're we're getting it onto the tollway, and it's dark, and it's now you know Monday night, and traffic's super light. It's like one, two in the morning. Nothing out there. Nothing yeah, out there. Like yeah. it is flat, straight, yeah. and yeah. there's nothing for miles. We're not seeing police. We're not seeing other cars. I know I've got bird dogs in front of me. Like, we're just screaming across, you know, that, that part of the country. And so the little Saturn's just screaming along, pegged, and it's running like a Swiss watch, just screaming along. Well, what I'd figured out was I was burning gas faster than I expected. And I've only got a 20-gallon cell. I knew I was going to make four or five gas stops. But now you're doing the math in your head, and you're like, uh, I- I'm not going to make it, you know, to California. I need to add another fuel stop, which, frankly, is no big deal. Like, a fuel stop is about five minutes. Yeah. So, like, I'm not panicking about it, but it's like, ah, I probably ought to top up and get another segment going. So it's pitch black. I'm blowing along, and if you may remember, there's kind of those Oasis gas stations, kind of yeah. like we've got in Chicago. Yeah, but a lot of loop-de-loops and everything yeah, to yeah. get to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, if, you're, if you're kind of on this divided highway, they yeah. sit in the middle. They act like they're convenient, but they're really not. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. So I'm coming up on one, and, and now I'm kind of making the game-time decision. I'm, I need to top up here, and then I should be able to – the next fuel stops should be good. And so – I whip off on this left-hand exit, and there's – as soon as I get off, I can see the bright lights of the gas station. 
uh, that are kind of in the middle. And what I can tell is I'm passing the gas station. Like I couldn't see the lane to go over to where the cars should be. And I'm on the side of the exit that has a bunch of tractor trailers parked there, like 40 of them mm-hmm. line, you know, side by side in this row. And I'm behind them and I'm trying to figure out how to get over to the gas pumps. Well, of course, you know, I'm thinking, and I'd been through those stops before and I'm like, well, I'm sure once I get past these trucks, there's some way, and it's probably not the right way to go, but I can loop around and get back to the gas station. And I'm going along probably like 30 miles an hour. You know, I'm not going s- crazy fast, but I'm not going slow either. And I get to the last trailer, you know, that's there, the last truck that's in line. And I just whip the wheel to the left to get over to the gas station. Well, what I don't realize is there's a curb. Oh, <laughs> that that truck no. is that there. Actually, all the spaces are full. And there's like a concrete island that's there. I w- and it's pitch black, so I whip the wheel, and then all of a sudden I hear the loudest bang I've ever heard. And I noticed that it was a full moon that night, and I, I'm looking out the windshield, and all of a sudden the moon is in the windshield. Oh, no. Like, so now I know the front of the car is up at about a 45-degree angle. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so about the time I can get that thought out, oh, my gosh the front wheels slam back down and I can feel the frame drag over the concrete because now I've jumped the entire island yeah. and now it's dragging over rear wheels drop down and then there's the gas bumps. <laughs> like I've made it, but I've jumped this curb to do it and I'm just freaked out. Like, Oh my gosh, you know what? I've destroyed this car. And so the car kind of gets to the gas pumps. I shut it down, jump out. There's nobody, not a soul around. And so I'm kind of doing my normal pit stop, you know, I pop the trunk, open the back, get fuel going in there. And, you know, I, I would check the oil every time I got gas. So I've got the hood up, pull it, oil level looks fine. I do a quick walk around the car. There's air in all four of the tires. Like I don't have a flat tire. Okay. And I think what saved the car was the taller tires. Mm-hmm. So you gave you a little- on. It did. <laughs> yeah. So it looked like a little four wheel drive. And so I'm like, all right, I didn't pop a tire. I'm looking down through the engine bay, and everything's where it's supposed to be. Like I'm looking kind of between the radiator <laughs> yeah. and the engine. But, like but everything's kind of there. Because I've, tra- I've traveled like this. Yeah. I mean, I remember the last time I came back from Scottsdale, I tried to make it all the way back. Yeah. You know, and when you're in the middle of the night, and you've been sitting in the car, and you're comfy, and it was probably kind of chilly, too. Yeah. In Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you get out, and, and you're not right. No. like Because you're... You, you've been awake now for 20... 20-something. Yeah. You're close to... You've yeah. been running all day So you got, I mean, night. you kind of probably got a little bit of the jitters. You're just like, oh, sure. you got, you got adrenaline yeah. going. It's So it's not even fair to say you could do a, a real good assessment. I mean, I, obviously, you're hyper-focused. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, I got to get back on the road. You know? Yeah, because I'm on the clock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm still five minutes. Like, stopping an extra time for fuel is no big deal if it's five minutes. If yeah. this is going to be. But anytime uh, I drive across the country, yeah. every pit stop is yes. like, I'm in and out. I don't want to spend time here. I want to spend time making miles. Yeah. Right? You're, you're, it's yeah. basically a triage yeah. check. It, mm-hmm. Did something fall off of the car? Yeah. No. Did I see anything? Yeah. yeah. No. Good. All right. So, get the car fueled up, kind of look at it again, get back in, hit the key. Engine starts right up. There's no lights on the dash. Car's idling, purring like a kitten. Put the car in drive. Start rolling. Kind of get back towards the entrance ramp and take my hand off the steering wheel. And the car tracks straight. There's no wobbling. There's no bumps. It's running just like it did before it hit the curb. So I'm like, thank you. I don't know how (laughs) I've dodged this bullet, but 
Car's working like it's supposed to. Lay into the gas, get back on the, the interstate, take off. So I run the car all the way from Oklahoma to Kingman, Arizona, which is the next fuel stop. Okay. And, and and in Kingman, it's the last fuel stop. Is this like old Route 66? Yeah, it's kinda? it's where the interstate crosses Route 66. So 66 okay. goes through Kingman. Nice. And so you're on the interstate, and then that will get you down to like Barstow. Like you, you're starting to make the turn, yeah. you know, down. And so I'm about five hours out of Los Angeles, and it's 4.30 in the afternoon, right? And And now you're trying to – you're pushing, you're trying to time – I don't want to get in in L.A. traffic, but I, I kind of want to dodge it, but, you know, keep pushing to get in. You're, you're doing all this weird math in your head. So i got to do another five-minute fuel stop. Jump out the car. Same thing. You know, get gas in it. It's about five minutes. Everything's fine. Pull back onto the interstate, and I brush the brakes because I'm blending into traffic. And the worst noise and vibration mm. out of the driver's side wheel just starts happening. Like whenever I would hit the brakes, I would just hear this dragging, crunching sound. Mm. And, and the car is shaking. In the front. Like something has broke loose. Like an axle is up the building or something. Something catastrophic has happened. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily there's a, another Kingman exit. So I pull right off, find this big gas station with a big lot in the back. And I'm trying to understand what's going on, and I get out of the car, and everything looks fine. Well, what I didn't understand that it happened was um, there's a uh, – what do they call it? A, a, like a suspension torsion bar or something that goes in the front. It's kind of like a C-shaped bar, bolts to the frame, and then it goes into um, uh, basically you know right behind the brake calipers. It's it's a stabilizer with bushings like that the basic tie rods are pushing against. Yeah. Okay, you know? I'd have to so, see it, but yeah, I mean the older older torsion name. bars and stuff are yeah. all kind of weird. or not that tor- but yeah, it's basically control arm. yeah, kind of like a it's going into the control arms, mm. but it's basically this big bar in the front. Okay, well back in uh, the what I find out is back in Oklahoma, I had sheared the bolts off that are holding it to the frame. No kidding. And so basically one side of it's not connected to the frame of the car in the front. So now while I'm driving, you know, basically the bar is pushing back and forth. The car ran fine until finally after so many hundreds of miles, the bolt that's holding it to the control arm sheared off. It just had And enough. whenever I would hit the brakes, basically now the driver's front wheel would slide backwards into the wheel well. Ooh, ooh. Like it's, it's – there's just nothing holding it. It's nothing for the tie rods to push against. Mm, yeah. Right. So I'm like, oh, this is not good. Yeah, I'm not making this. <laughs> so this is where the the adventure really begins. It's like 4.30, and I'm looking at the car like the car's not going to make it to L.A. tonight. So the first thing I do, um, get my phone out and find a repair shop. And it was the Route 66 auto repair, you know, just right down from the exit. And I call this guy, and he answers. And I said, look, man, here's what I've got going on. He goes, yeah, it sounds like you broke that. I said, can you get the car fixed? He goes, yeah, if you get it to me, we'll help you out. We can look at the car and see what's going on. And I was like, okay, how can I get the car to you? This is what's going on. He's like, well, you can have it towed. I was like, do you know a tow truck? He's like, yep, gives me a number. How many miles away was it, you think? From where he was, probably five miles. So you don't think you couldn't have driven that no, five miles? Like I was, I was glad I got it off the okay. road. Like if if I did anything, like now the wheels loose. Okay, you know, in the front. And so, ratchet straps, man. You need to, right, yeah. straps, right. you need to have more so, ratchet straps in the car. I'm like, look, can it, you know, <laughs> can you find me a tow truck? He gets me a number. Call the towing company. And I was like, look, can you tow the car here? And, you know, and the guy said, look, it'll be tomorrow. And I was like, that's fine. Yeah, I understand that. So get a tow truck coming. 
then I'm figuring out how can I rent a car and get to Los Angeles tonight? Because at least I can show up for the end of the event. Like the next day they were having a party award ceremony. Like I knew the car was not going to make the trip. Yeah. So call Enterprise, which was the only uh, named place in town, and it's like right at 5 o'clock. He's like, man, I'm sorry. I don't have any cars. You know, Mm -hmm. I just don't have anything. So I was like, who else in this town rents cars? He's like, well, you can call this place, and it's basically a buy here, pay here lot. <laughs> He's like, she rents some of their cars sometimes. You could probably call them. He goes, I think they're open till 6. It's like, thanks. So hang up, call this place, and this uh, young lady answers the phone, and I tell her my whole story. I'm broke down. i got to get to L.A. tonight. Yeah. i got to get my car fixed. Can you help me at all? And she's like, I can help you. She goes, I'll rent you a car. Hmm. Perfect. You know, yeah. what, what time do you close? She's six o'clock. All right, I've got time. I was like, how can I get to you? She goes, well, there's a taxi service. And so I was like, what's, what's their name? So now I Google it, call this taxi company. Can you send a taxi to come pick me up at this gas station? The lady's like, sure. And so I now have to call the tow truck company back because I don't have, like, she's like, it's going to be 30 minutes for the truck gets here. Yeah. Call that dispatcher back and is like, "Look, I'm going to leave sixty bucks in the glove box. Oh my god! For your driver, can you get, make sure it gets yeah. here?" And right. she's like, "Yeah, leave it in the glove box. I'll make sure he gets it there." So I throw sixty dollars <laughs> in the glove box. This rickety taxi cab shows up, and you know, I jump in the cab, have my my bag, and you know, radar detectors, anything valuable in the car, strip it out. And so um, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because yeah. you've got hundreds yeah, like of I've got in some there. stuff in there, so I throw it in the bag. Jump in this, you know, methed out taxi, <laughs> and he's telling me all these crazy stories. Like it's as, just, as cab drivers do. Yeah, as cab oh, drivers do. Yeah, you know, oh, you're not and, taking the most direct route, sir. Yeah, and so <laughs> Two hours later, you know, I get to this little buy here pay here lot, and I pop out and um, go inside. And this lady was just an angel, and she was like, "I got a car for you," and it's a Nissan Altima. It's a 95 Saturn. Yeah, like it's – and she's like, you know, I can get you there. And so she literally fills out this rental agreement on a Word document. I've got Margie (laughs) sending me a picture of our insurance card, you know, to show it to her. She writes it down, and she charged me like $110 for like two days. What? Yeah, it was was this – what like you could tell she Unlimited mileage? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to drive it to L.A. and back. She's like, that's fine. You know, have it back here. She didn't care, yeah. Now, what you find out is this Ultima was on its last legs. Oh, it was sure, where, sure, Like sure, the Saturn sure. was a great You're going to drive this to L.A.? Yeah. Sure, you're going to drive this to L.A. <laughs> so I hop in this Ultima. Now, like, I've lost, like, two and a half hours. and But the car is gone to the repair shop. You know, that's all sorted. I'm going to L.A. So I actually finished the run in this Nissan nice. Ultima. Get to the Portofino Hotel. You know, everybody and everybody's standing there clapping, and the cars are finishing. And then you roll, and through. I, then I roll through in an Altima, you know. And um, so then just had a great time the next day. Um, they put on a really nice party, a little award ceremony, hanging out, you know, with folks. And then um, the the best part of the story is we finish up on, I guess it was either Thursday or Friday. And so I'm, I'm talking to the shop. They had to wait for parts because Kingman's not a hub location. Mm. And so Everything's he's getting like two yeah, or three days yeah. versus what we're used to here in Chicago. And I'm right? like, that's fine. You know, just I'll, I'll be back. You know, and so I get back to Kingman like at noon on a Friday and um, show up. They're waiting for bushings to fix the car. They got the bar in, but they're waiting for bushings. So I'm hanging out at this old gas station that's now a little auto repair shop. 
hanging out with these guys, laughing, telling jokes. Yeah. You know, just I'm literally sitting on a curb, you know, waiting for bushings to show up to get this car fixed. And I know that the buy here, pay here lot closes at six. So I'm calling her like, hey, look, I'm, I'm in town. I'll get you your car back. She's like, no, it's fine. And so like at 5.15, the bushings show up. And everybody, it was almost like one of these road trip movies. Like you ran into all these really nice people hmm. that were sympathetic and yeah. were cast of characters, had these weird stories. And so I'm like, hey, man, I know it's five. You know, can you help me? I was like, nope, we're going to stay. You know, and and honestly, these folks were like I was watching them do like how they barely had hand tools and they're trying to put this car together. They're using ratchet straps to pull <laughs> for know, the steering. But yeah, right. But they were like, no, we're going to get you on the road. And so I call the taxi company. Same cab driver shows up. He had more stories from the last two days. And <laughs> I take the Ultima back. Oh, I take the Ultima back. Cab shows up, gets me back. And there's a Saturn. It's ready to go pay the guy, start to get back onto the interstate, you know, and it's like, well, I got to go home to Peoria. And I call Margie to let her know, you know, hey, you know, car's fixed. I'm back on the road. And she goes, which way are you heading? Are you heading east or west? And I was like, well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, I got 20-some hours to get back to Peoria. I'm a day later than I expected. Now, this is hardcore. At this point, most normal human beings are like, yeah, I'm, you know, home. I've already been to L.A., and uh, there's yeah. no reason for me to take this car to Like, LA. I got the T-shirt. Yeah, you know, right, I got right, the T-shirt and right, stickers, right. and I got my picture taken, met all these YouTube people. Like, I've been to the party, yeah. and everybody's gone. But you- and, and and I kind of had thought about going to L.A. to finish it, and I, I was on the fence, and Margie goes, you didn't build that car to not go to the Portofino. Oh, my God. And I'm thinking, like, I'm actually trying to appease her with, all right, I'm coming home. And she was like, you didn't build that car to, to not go to the Portofino. Just right. So I hang left on the interstate, and I'm going to Los Angeles. I, I think I don't she's know if her boyfriend wonder, was there I'm starting to wonder, or something yeah, exactly, weird. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd start maybe next time, tell her you're going on a trip, and then just you know, just show up. It, it, yeah, right? See what's going to happen. <laughs> and so, Change the locks. It's, she's a sweetheart. She, she really is. is. She's the best. And so I, I get – you know, I'm heading west on the interstate, and I grab my phone, and the sun's setting, and I just snap this picture, like a dashboard out the windshield picture, and on um, uh, on Joiner, which was the app we use where we can see everybody. It's got a chat feature, and I just throw the picture on there and text really quick. The flying pistachio is going to the Portofino, yeah. and it just explodes. Nice. Every because everybody's kind of still, yeah. they see the yeah. app. And everybody is just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. And they're just cheering me on. And it was so cool, you know, because here, to, like, I've I've now added, because now i got to stay overnight. Like, yeah. I, I can't really, no. you know, cannonball this back. So Margie's making reservations back at the Portofino, which is, like, expensive. <laughs> and, and she's like, I'm going to get you a hotel room and just go back and you can come back to Peoria the next day. And everybody's just cheering you on, like, that's awesome. There was actually people still in Los Angeles. Um, Fred Ashmore was one of those folks. And there's, like, three or four people waiting at the sign, which is the historical finish of the race. 
and I come pulling in, and they're clapping, and they're waiting, and, and like it so just spoke cool. so well to that community you of people. You should have sold the car out there and then flo- flew. I had the title with me yeah. I, in, <laughs> case in case it died. I was going to like throw some keys and give somebody a free car yeah. if it yeah. died. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how it finished. So yeah. then I actually got the car to the Portofino, took pictures with it, and this little Saturn actually finished the Cannonball. That's awesome. Yeah, it's almost like you owe it to yourself, and you also owe it to the car, too. You do. In, in some weird way. It's like, I don't know. It's like you ever seen True Grit? Could. Yeah. What's that? It's like the little engine that could. It yeah. is, right? Yeah. 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 Like, the little car deserved it. Like, it wasn't supposed to do an event like that. Or it was begging it for ran. mercy and yeah. told you it couldn't make it, and yet you still patch it together and said, no, damn it. You're gonna yeah, you're going to go. Um, <laughs> I, was think, I was thinking of True Grit where, like, he's got the horse that makes the run and yeah. it injures itself yeah. and gets the girl home or whatever, and then he, like, shoots it. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> – this is a happier story. Yeah. No, so it did. So it was just a whirlwind adventure. Eric, you missed a <laughs> – a, a great event. <laughs> I had a great company. trip too. I don't know if you saw the pictures. I did. You yeah. actually had a pretty awesome trip. <laughs> I did, and it was less yeah. stress, I think, than yours. Yeah. So, but it, but it's funny. Like those things make for the best stories. Like if it had been a clean run, no, I agree and, completely. Uh, like it, it wouldn't be fun to, well, to talk and, about. And you weren't going to break any land speed records on that yeah. trip. So, I mean, you had an adventure. You know, and we have that little chart that we always break out on the off road trips. But did you die? Yeah. You know, and yeah. did, you didn't die, so you had an adventure, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and just met all these really cool people, and you know how how nice everybody was, and you know just this weird situation you're in. Like literally, I'm, I've got hours to sit on this curb by this gas station and wait for, a and it's just enjoy it, just take it in, yeah. and just relax and think about what a great story this will be. So Absolutely. you got a lot of stuff on your plate. We talked about you, you're getting ready to move and everything like yeah. that. Is there something like, oh, I'm going to be settled in, so probably by May I can have this. What what's next? Anything? There's there's whispers of, of some <laughs> events coming up uh, later this year. Yeah. I, and, and to be fair, not secretive about it, like they're they're kind of being formed. Yeah, you know, um, there's you know some events um, that people are talking about putting together, and they've asked if I'm interested, and I said sure. Um, you know, there'll be some events I'll miss. You know, like the the Alabama Hammer event. Um, you know, that's going to go on in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, there's. It seems to be kind of a semi-regular thing now that somebody's trying to put something together for that group of folks. Cool. Keep that's the awesome. magic happening. Yeah, no, that's right. fantastic. And if if something like this does pop up again, I think it would be an an adventure. And half the fun I think would be finding a sub hundred horsepower car. Yeah, I th- yeah I think that add a little it. spice to the whole thing. Anybody can show up with an expensive ride loaded up with all kinds of tech and extra fuel and all that stuff. But to have a handicap like yeah. that with an everyman car that anybody can really participate, you can buy a seven thousand dollar Jetta wagon with a, a diesel, yeah, you know, and just uh, yeah, you can't necessarily buy a win, right? Yeah, you know, you can't. And, and, what, I mean, and what does but, the win necessarily get to, you? No, nah, I mean, and and it was part of the adventure of can these terrible cars yeah. make the trip? And that's actually just the accomplishment uh, within yeah. itself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, is the Saturn going to be preserved in a museum for all time? No. <laughs> no. She's to- already gone on to her, her next owner, <laughs> which I was so sad about. He does this thing where he gets rid of cars. I don't understand. I, it's such yeah. a foreign concept for some, <laughs> yeah. some of us. But. I, I think if we weren't moving, because I'd really fallen in love with the car. And I'd put stickers car. on it, and I was going to take it to Cars and Coffee. And and I just adored the, the car, but it just wasn't practical 
to, sure. to, to make the move with us. So she went on to her next owner. Hopefully there's a young man that needed it for transportation uh, to work every day. It's where he broke down. Uh, it, is, it is wrapped around a telephone pole or yeah. it is completely trashed. <laughs> Grandma already, got it for me. Kind of sucks, yeah. but you know, it gets me to work yeah. at the Casey's. The sooner I blow it up, the sooner I can get some milk. Right? <laughs> yeah. Something cooler. Yeah. Like a Silverado or a Sierra truck. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we've pulled everybody's ears long enough on this story, but uh, great stuff. And I'm sure this is not the last time. Well, actually, I think we're going to try and have another clip here with Steve coming up here. But uh, I'm sure there's more stories to come. I'm actually looking forward to figuring out ways that yeah. we can record and talk about your next adventure. No, that would be awesome. I'd, I'd love to do that. And he'll have internet at his house. So, And then he could be a four-peat, and we could really just stick it in the face of some people. You know? Love it. Yeah. Love it and just make people jealous. Yeah, I, I will demand the red silk robes. Like that. It's not like I'm, there's a crown <laughs> well, or something. Be careful, you know. Next yeah. Patreon uh, goodie that comes out. Like, yeah. <laughs> We're going to raise the yeah. rates. I don't know if we told you that. You know, it's going to be eighty nine dollars a month. Yeah. But yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Throwing Wrenches. We want to thank Steve again for uh, hopping on here. Is there any way people can follow? Do you have like a special page or anything for your the GMC or anything? Yeah. So um, on uh, Facebook and Instagram, if you just look up uh, Cannonball GMC, uh, you'll see pages uh, for both of those. And then also, too, um, have had some interesting um, content on TikTok. Uh, so Cannonball oh, yeah. GMC the, on the TikTok TikToker. as well. That's right. You got Daryl yeah. into the TikTok. Yeah, Steve is the reason that I have no life now and I'm obsessed with TikTok. <laughs> It'll suck you in, Daryl. But you're good. You're a content creator. Yeah. You're an influencer. Yeah. 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 So you, you can find stuff about the truck there. All right. Cool. Good enough. All right. For this episode of Throwing Wrenches, this is Eric Stahl. I'm Daryl Scott. And this is Steve Brown. See you next time.